1: You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at kuci.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And meter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me a the second part of the show is Sybil Azur from the documentary film called Pushing Motherhood. So we're going to start with her and then we're also waiting for Linda Severlos French to join us. Good morning, Sybil.
0: Good morning, Janine.
1: Thank you so much for calling in. My pleasure. My pleasure. Your film was really interesting. Uh, struck a chord with me I, I wasn't in a rush to have kids early on and you know the longer you wait you never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah it's, it's really a Russian, a Russian roulette mm-hmm. uh, when you decide to wait you never know whether or not you're going to be able to um, have a successful, successful pregnancy if
1: you wait. Right you've both been friends a long time correct? Mm-hmm. How did you meet? Well, we both met as professional dancers. I was still in high school, mm-hmm. and Linda
0: had just graduated from CalArts, and it was on a music video for a boy band called Guys Next Door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then we worked together on various dance jobs over the years, and then we went on tour with Reba McIntyre, and that's where we became best friends, and that was, gosh, nearly 20 years ago. That's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: What a What a great, Life. I mean, you both dreamed of dancing professionally.
0: Yeah. I mean, I knew from my first dance class when I was nine years old, I was done. I'm like, that's <gasps> it. I know what I'm doing. Wow. And I, I did it full steam ahead. Same thing with Linda. She um, started dancing professionally as a teenager. Mm-hmm. She lived in San Antonio, and she was a flamenco dancer.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Her family's okay. from San Antonio, Texas. hmm
1: and then, so the two of you be- became great friends, and Correct. you both weren't in a rush to have kids.
0: No, neither of us were in a rush. We were professional dancers. We were working all the time, mm-hmm. and then uh, we both got into acting, and we did. We both got married mm-hmm. um, in our early 30s, and then um, I went back to school, not with the intention of getting my degree at first, but um, eventually I decided that I wanted to get my degree, and... Um, Linda's husband wasn't ready, and I wasn't ready when I got married.
1: And Sybil, excuse me, Sybil. I think that Linda is calling in. So hold awesome. on. Let me see if I can awesome. catch you through. Uh-oh. Lost everybody there. All right. We'll try this again. Uh, we were just talking with Sybil Azur, and we were waiting for Linda Cirello's French to call in. So let's take a quick music break, and I'll bring everybody on the line. <music> You need me. Go to the market. You need me. Okay, we are back. Hold on a second. Are you there? I am here. Awesome. Okay. So uh, go ahead. So we were talking about how you both got married.
0: Yeah, we both got married and um, Linda got married before I did. So she you know, having kids, the possibility of having kids, it really exposes the cracks in your relationship. And Linda realized, and I eventually realized, that our relationships weren't at a place where we could see ourselves having kids with the men we were married to at the time. So we both ended up getting divorced, you know, pushing motherhood even later.
1: <laughs> right. Well, you got to wait for the right person.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, there's no sense in doing it just because, you know, okay, I'm 35 oh, no. or I'm 30-something or I'm no. 40-something and... I'm married, and okay, he'll do, I'll just do it now. No way. <laughs> that's like the worst plan of attack you can have, you know, in, in, in trying to raise a kid. You really want to yeah. partner. Right. You know, if, if you're going to do it with somebody. Yes. And you want to make the best choice you can in that moment.
1: So how did the two of you decide to come together and share this very intimate moment and create a documentary?
0: Well, we i think probably 95% of our friends also waited, you know, most of them dancers and, you know, had veered off into other careers, but most of them were in their late 30s, early, mid 40s, and were trying to have babies, and a lot of them were having a really hard time. Some people were using surrogates. some people had to do IVF, some people were beginning the process um, to adopt, some were foster adopting, so we just looked at our friends and we were like, why is everybody having such a hard time? Oh, we all waited. Right. You know, and we've both been storytellers our whole lives. Um, and so we were like, why don't we look into this? Why don't we tell this story? You know, this is our story. This is the story of our friends. This is the story of so many women of our generation. You know, this is a story that needs to be told. And so we just picked up a camera and we looked to our friends at first and we said, hey, who wants to talk about this, and then they asked their friends, and their friends wanted to talk about it. And so he really just wanted to start a conversation um, to find out why and kind of what happens if you do make that decision.
1: Yeah, because if you, like when I think back to my my father and, you know, grandparents, people used to get married at 18, 19, you know, in their 20s. And for us, this generation, nobody, a lot of people aren't doing that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I didn't even... I grew up thinking eventually I would get married and have kids, but it certainly wasn't my first objective. You know, I knew I would do it one day, but one day was always in the distant future. More importantly for me was a career yes. and, and buying a house and getting an education and all that kind of stuff. And and I, I just felt like the rest of the stuff would happen organically at some point.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Now... As far as the two of you, you're really tight friends, but it was very different for you getting pregnant for the both of you.
0: Yes, yes. It was very, a very different experience um, for us. I got super
1: lucky, and I got pregnant pretty
0: much the first or second month we were trying. I was 38 mm-hmm. at the time um, with my boyfriend and now husband at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and Linda had a harder time when she first got married to her second husband, Um, They tried for a year, and they didn't have any success. And they they started on Clomid, and they had our tubes checked and um, did a couple, some IUIs, I think, and didn't have success. And they just decided to, you know, forget it. Let's just live our lives. If it happens, it happens. But they had pretty much resigned themselves living child-free, and they did that for about six years. And then when I was pregnant, um, Linda's husband came to her, and he said, you know, I think I might want to do this. And so, you know, they're began their new journey and the journey that we follow in Pushing Motherhood. Um, you know, and they, they went through it. You know, they had to do IVF, and they explored a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. You know, they gently looked into adoption and a couple of other things. But, but um, I had a much easier time. And for me, the second time around, though, I think I have a tendency to uh, struggle with anxiety sometimes, and so I think I psyched myself out. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, because I had about 11, I didn't get my cycle back until my my first son was, my son was 11 months old, and, but then my periods were really irregular, so I had to, I, start, I started going to acupuncture to try to regulate everything, but I wasn't, I was still breastfeeding, mm-hmm. but I still wasn't having any luck, and so I started getting in my head, and then we were making the film, yes. and I started learning about you know all the different things about fertility. I started freaking myself out, and oh, no. stress is one of the worst things you can have yes. when you're trying to get pregnant because it inhibits right. the reproductive cycle, basically. Yeah.
1: And the fact that uh, Linda was willing to share this very personal journey, and it was re- it was really tough to watch. I mean, it was yeah, like jerker You know, all the things she yeah. went through. I don't know if you want to share some of it.
0: Yeah, she. It was. It was very. Uh, she's a very open, emotional person and she, I don't want to spoil anything. But she, I mean, she went through cycles of IVF and she had to give herself shots in the stomach and she got bruised up and they had a month after month of of negative pregnancy tests. And trying. I think the hardest part for her was trying to maintain the hope. Because each month, you know, with attitude and being so important in, in success, I think. You know, because you can... The thing with pregnancy is, like, you can only do what you can do. You cannot force yourself to become pregnant. It's the one right. thing in, in, in a woman's life that you can't control. Not at all. Not at all. Like, you can do all... You can take all the steps. You can, you know, do A, B, and C, but if you do A, B, and C, it doesn't guarantee baby. Mm-hmm. You know, so she... Lucky for Linda, she was raised in a very... Um, Catholic household and just her parents were amazing and so they really instilled this idea of faith into her and so if it weren't for her faith yeah. I, I mean I, I can't I gotta, I can tell you right now I could not have done what she did to get through it and each month you know she cried and she mourned with the negative pregnancy test but she, next month she kept going I know. and she prayed and she prayed and and she got through it and each month You know, because you can't can't go through each month being depressed and hopeless, because then hope is all you have to hold on to.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, I didn't share this with you, but maybe you guessed this, but the show Get the Funk Out is all about how we deal with life's ups and downs, because life is this crazy roller coaster ride. And so I found it so interesting how... She had this, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I, you know, and she was in some really tough funks and deep yeah. moments, but she kept going.
0: Yeah, she kept going. I mean, that's, I have to say that that's one of the things I admire most about Linda is like she and I are best friends, but we are very different people. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very emotional. I'm very, I'm not to say that I'm not emotional, but I'm more, I'm more fact driven and she's you know, she's just more open, I'm a little bit more closed off, and she is, her faith is unshakable, mm. and so, you know, she's yes. she spent a lot of time crying, and a lot of time hoping, Yes. and, you know, luckily for her, her husband is amazing, he's he's strong, he's, their partnership is solid, that's great. and, you know, and that's the thing about waiting, too, is that, you know, she could have done it with her first husband, but... She waited. She found her perfect match. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously there's no perfect, I'm using quote fingers, her I perfect know. match, but they really do complement each other in the best possible way and work the best support system for one another.
1: And that's what you need because who who knew this would happen to her?
0: No, nobody knew. And that's, that's the thing with fertility is that you just don't know what you're going to get at any time, but especially when you choose to wait. Because, you know, statistically, Women are, you know, you're 35 and your fertility starts to plummet. Okay, but women are very different. Their biological fertility ages are very different. That's why it's super important to get your hormones checked, uh, get your uterus checked, get your tubes checked, if you're ha- you know, if you're having problems. And they say after 35, if, you're, if after six months, you're not pregnant yet, that you, you need to start troubleshooting. Right. You know, versus sense. when you're younger, you can wait, like, a year and then start looking into it. But yes. yeah. it's super important to, to, to self-advocate, you know, because, you know, I, I lucky for me, I had a really um, low FSH, which is a follicle-stimulating hormone, which is one of the ways they tell what your ovarian reserve is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that doesn't tell you what the quality of those eggs are. You may have a lot of eggs, but still they degenerate over time. So...
1: Sybil, in- like, excuse me, let me interrupt you. Yeah. Let me just pause and we'll take a break because I think she might be calling on the other line. So let me see if uh, I can get both of you on. Hold on one second. Uh, okay. great. We're going to stand by, see if we can bring on Linda, who is also part of this film. Okay, no such luck. Uh, Linda was trying to call in from London, so we'll, we'll come back with uh, Sybil. So Sybil, I just heard from Linda's husband. Um, she's having problems with her Skype, so we'll just bring her on another time. Yeah, she just texted me. Can't get through. I'm so sorry. I'm no still trying, problem. But no luck. No That's a I bummer. T- no, I told him we'll just have to have her on another time. That's no okay, problem. Okay, great. Um, so what w- we were talking about so many things. Um, oh, that, is it called FSH level?
0: Yes, follicle-stimulating hormone. Mm-hmm.
1: Tell me about that, because some people don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know what it is. it was either until we started making yeah. the film. Um, it's basically an indicator of how, how large your ovarian reserve is. Like, they, Your doctor will usually order a blood test on the third day of your cycle.
1: All right.
0: And depending, they want um, your level to be below 10. And anything below 10 is considered healthy, because it's, it basically tells you how hard... Your body is having to work um, to meet the, the hormone levels it's supposed to be at during that time gotcha. and so anything above 10, your chances of having um, being able to get pregnant are decreased because it means that your body is working harder and you're, you either have fewer eggs it means that you have fewer eggs and so the quality of those eggs either way though is, is, is difficult to determine to determine so it's not necessarily um, you know, if you get a, an A plus on your test, it's not necessarily okay. I'm going to get pregnant. It just means that your chances are better yes. of getting pregnant.
1: Right.
0: But it's also super important. Like Linda went to acupuncture for two years, mm-hmm. and so they used to say that you could not you couldn't improve the health of your eggs or anything. But new research ha- is coming out saying that you can like the, really? uh, di- diet that. and exercise are super important. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle choices, um, like anything else, can improve the quality of your eggs. So
1: it's really interesting. Uh, women in their forties having kids—I mean, that would be unheard of years ago.
0: Oh, you know, it's funny though. It's not completely unheard of. I think what's more in common is the first birth.
1: Oh, yeah. The first,
0: the first-time mom. Because right. I think. In previous generations, yeah, when women had loads and loads of children starting early on, it might have been like a last
1: birth. Right. No, you're in
0: right. the 40s, yeah.
1: What do they but, do? So, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I want you to continue. I'll ask. I'll yeah, so away. it's not
0: uncommon, and I think, you know, I just think there's obviously there's more pressure when you're waiting to be a first-time mom in your late 30s or in your 40s. Obviously, there's more pressure, mm-hmm. so it becomes more of a... Of an issue
1: but it's I know because I had uh, my second child at 35 I didn't regret waiting because some people have the mindset I want to live my life first because you know you're going to dedicate your life to the baby
0: yeah because it's true once you have kids your life is different your life is forever changed right so you know that's why we say we're not advocating necessarily for women to you know hurry up and have your kids now hmm that's that's not what we're saying. We're, we're saying live your life, but be informed. Like when your doctor, when you go in for your annual visit and your doctor says, hey, you know, your 35th birthday is around the corner. Right. You should really consider having kids. What I did was just ignore my doctor and stick my head <laughs> in the sand, and I just happened to get lucky. You know, my yes. mom told me years ago, you should freeze your eggs This like 10 years ago, and I just laughed and ignored her. Yeah. And but but now you know egg freezing is becoming more of a mainstream um, idea. It is mm-hmm. becoming more of an option. There are it, it's expensive. It's around ten thousand dollars plus storage fees. Wow! But yeah, it's not it's not cheap. But I think companies are coming up with payment plans, and so I think it has become a more viable option for women. Obviously, the younger you are, the more viable your eggs will be in the long term. But right. Um, all we're advocating is for just be informed. Just don't stick your head in the stands. You know, check your levels. Make sure that your uterus is in good shape. Mm -hmm. You know, because I also have um, uterine fibroids, which for some women can be a real issue in getting pregnant or maintaining a pregnancy. So just be informed and look, you know, if you're interested in egg freezing, they're having conferences, I mean, um, like little... um, Egg freezing parties, or there's tons of information out there.
1: Egg Just start gathering parties. information.
0: Egg,
1: <laughs> yeah. egg freezing parties, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, egg freezing parties, and <laughs> yeah, it's becoming it's becoming a pretty mainstream, which is which is encouraging. You know, yeah. it's also it's no guarantee if you freeze your eggs that you'll yes. have uh, a viable pregnancy down the road, but right. it's it's I think it can give you a peace of mind, so you're oh, not in a nice. hot panic, you know. The clock is ticking, and you know what am I going to do? If you at least know, okay, I have this in my back pocket, yeah. and I don't have to stress out as much.
1: You can plan your whole life and going to college and graduate school and a job, and but you can't plan this because it's not like you can say, "Well, next month I'll be pregnant." I mean, yeah, it doesn't work like yeah.
0: that. Yeah, and yeah, next month I'm going to meet my yeah. my perfect mate. Right? You know, right. you can't, you just can't do that, and you don't want to force anything into place that's not supposed to be forced.
1: Exactly. Where can people see this film? Um,
0: The film is out now. It's um, Vimeo On Demand, Mm -hmm. and just type in Pushing Motherhood. Or you can go to our website, which is pushingmotherhood.com, and there's a link there. It just comes up right immediately on the homepage. Really easy to get to. It's available for rent or to buy, and it's super easy to access, and it's always there.
1: That's great. Do you think another documentary will be in the works with the two of you? Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> it's possible.
0: We we both have a couple ideas in the back of our head. Yeah, um, yeah. Pushing so
1: strollers in your forties. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's There's great. always an idea looming back there somewhere. Well, you need that. You know, I I think creativity is very important when you become a mom. You know, I have to tell you, having this film
0: because it's been it took us about three and a half years and now four years. Mm-hmm. I guess from the time we rolled. Uh, on our first interview, and having this as a creative outlet um while being a mother has been a lifesaver for me it's It's, it's been so fulfilling and oh, it's good. just been a, a passion project for both of us, yes, all day every day, so it's been great.
1: well, you need something else to talk about besides you know diapers and
0: <laughs> exactly. feedings,
1: and you know it's yeah you need something exactly to
0: grow, yeah, up. I, I spend the rest of my time just wiping things wiping tables and noses and behind so
1: exactly. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for calling into the show, Sybil And uh, I'll get Linda to call in sometime when she's uh, available again Perfect, that'll be awesome Thank you so much, Janine Best of luck with everything Thank you, you have a wonderful day (laughs) Thanks, you too, bye-bye That was Sybil Azur calling in to talk about her documentary uh, With her uh, feature filmmaker partner, Linda Savalos french Who will also call in another time We were having a tough time getting her on the line Uh, But if you want to find out about the film, it is up on my blog, GetTheFunkOutShow.KUCI.org. And I'll have the complete conversation with Sybil, um, I guess about an hour or so after we wrap. I do want to mention an interesting thing that's happening on campus. Uh, UCI students are attempting a Guinness World Record for the largest game of Capture the Flag. UCI is going to set a Guinness World Record for the largest game of Capture the Flag. Associated students of UCI will host the effort, and it aims to recruit more than 5,000 campus and community participants. So if you're interested, it sounds like a great time. It's going to take place tomorrow, September 22nd, from 11 to 3 p.m. in the fields near the Anteater Recreation Center at 680 California Avenue, building 680, grid D10 on the campus map. And uh, if you have any uh, questions about the event, you can call Brian Bell at 949 824 8249. So that's a wrap for me. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues is in the house. Uh, Have a great Monday, everybody, and I'll be back next week.